Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 206 for Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? How's life treating you? What is new and exciting with you? We, here in Ottawa, have uh, are under uh, lockdown again. Not supposed to go nowhere. Not supposed to do nothing. Um, except stay home, and then whatever it is that you can do from home, which is a lot these days. There's a lot of damage and things you can do from inside your own house. You can you can max out your credit cards with the old interweb. Hmm? Haven't done that yet, but that's a thing you can do. You can order food from just about anywhere. It seems right to your door. You don't have to go anywhere. I think the world is becoming a very much stay in your little pod. Like that episode of Black Mirror, right? Where it was like, you know, you go out and you do your cycling, you eat from the vending machine, and then you go back to your your little cubicle where all the walls are screens and you just buy shit off your phone or swipe or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, uh, I've had a very uneventful week for the most part. Like I've done things, but just, are they interested to anyone to listen to? No, I, I think that, uh, people who work for the government or when an office job should take note of that <laughs> and just be like, yeah, I, I understand you spent 40 hours this week doing a thing. Uh, it was boring, whatever it was. And please don't ever bring it up at the dinner table. Uh, nobody wants to hear that. You know, we're all having a good day. And then your stories. You know, they just took the wind out of everyone's sail. You know, if it's so interesting, make a documentary about it, you know, film it for a while. Why don't you do that uh, thing the office does and just record the stuff, of course, like without, you know, any of the entertaining things going on uh, in your office, right? The office has all this wacky shit that you could never do. Uh, the amount of sexual harassment that goes on in that show and, uh, and nothing, nothing. This was, thank God they made it in before cancel culture, right? Um, I've been watching the office lately. I, uh, late to the party and I'm like, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll give it a whirl. I got up to get my coffee and I can't remember what the hell I was saying. Uh, something about the office. Yeah. I'm watching the office. It's on Netflix for anyone who has Netflix. You can watch the entire series. I'm late to the party on that one. Just watching it. Almost done. I'm in season nine. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, anyone who was really going to watch it probably watched it by now. So I could discuss minor spoilery things, but, um, I think even myself having never watched the show and never really knew anything about it, I could tell you with confidence that. Um, <laughs> Steve Carell left the show, uh, and then they did two seasons without him. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, killed the show. I will say that, um, his character just had a certain likability and charm that, uh, they couldn't keep up without him. And you could see the constant character, um, switches, like they're adding new characters, removing characters, trying to bring back some of that Steve Carell charm. And it's just, 
not working. Um, plus some of the, the charm of the show, like I'll tell you this, like, let's say without spoiling anything, um, Frasier was one of my favorite shows. Um, and, and I, I loved cheers as well, of course, which is the show that, uh, Frasier spun off from, um, Cheers was great when it was Sam and Diane, their little, their little, are they going to be together? Are they not going to be together? Like back and forth that was going on with the show. It was really something that, that kept you watching. Um, all the characters were great and everything like that. And then when Diane left the show and was replaced by Kirstie Alley, who played Rebecca, um, there was some of that, but it just, it wasn't, it never got back to where he was with, with Diane. And I think she even came back for an episode later in the series, but even myself just really enjoying the show. Uh, I didn't like it as much. Um, when, uh, when Rebecca was on versus when Diane was on and, uh, and funny enough, Diane actually, like one of the times that she was, you know, on again, off again with Sam is when she met Frazier and she, she left Frazier at the altar. So that his character, Frazier's character was actually introduced to the show. Um, you know, through the, the Sam and Diane thing. And then of course his character is so popular. The show Frasier was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, blows. Like I, I heard that they're going to try to reboot it. Of course, John Mahoney who played, uh, Marty, Marty Crane, uh, has, has passed. So he won't be in it. Um, but I've heard that they're trying to, to reboot Frasier and it'll probably be as, but as good as all these other reboots as of late. They're just like, meh, nobody cares. You know, they try it and it sucks. I haven't heard shit about the Connors, right? Where it's like the whole Roseanne thing without her, which is just ridiculous. She's the anchor of the show. So what the fuck is this? Anyways. All right. Blah, blah, blah about TV and whatnot. Um, but yeah, saying about Frazier is that for a long time, Niles's brother, uh, sorry, Frazier's brother, Niles was, uh, was smitten by Daphne, the home caregiver. Uh, and, and so much of the show was, was, he was married, but he had this crush on Daphne. And then once the two of them got together, it, a big tension point for the show was just kind of gone. And now it's just like, all right, well, that's just is what it is. Um, it was, uh, still a phenomenal show, still a phenomenal show. Um, anyways, there's, there's a thing about the office where it's just like something that kept things going for a while. Just, they just did all of it. They'd got there and they, they took all of the, all of the things that could happen and just did them all. And then, and then it was like, well, there's nowhere for these characters to go anymore. You gave them everything. And it's just hard to watch because there's nothing going on with that particular story arc that everyone really liked. The Steve Carell character is gone. Now every person is just a whack job. I don't know. Whatever. I, I'm, I'm watching it, but I'm. I was like every night banging through like four or five episodes because I was enjoying it. And then now it's at a point where like, I'll put an episode on and five minutes later, I'm asleep because I just don't give a fuck. And you know, then now it's like three days in a row trying to get through like one episode. And then after a while I'm like, well, clearly there's nothing in this that's getting me. I'll start the next episode. And then I guess some super huge thing happened at the end. It's like, and that's the thing too, when every episode has a big hook at the end, it's like, all right, you're trying too hard to make every episode super relevant. But this is all I got going on in my life right now is watching shit. So I've been playing video games and whatnot, but I'm not nothing, nothing to write home about. I did my skip uh, promo. I basically, so when I spoke to you guys last, I had uh, created myself an entire week's run of, uh, of what do you call it? Uh, uh, route plotting. Jesus. I'm really struggling. Uh, just trying to keep my thoughts straight. I'm looking at, I had a nice big page of notes here 
Um, but it's just the, the, the focus and I don't know where it's going cause there's nothing else really on my mind. Apologize guys. And I uh, really hope this is not the first episode that you're listening to. If you're somebody who's stumbled along this podcast and like, what is this guy doing? He's talking about shows from the fucking eighties, nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> cause that's what I've been watching. Actually, one of the things I did the other night, uh, thinking about the, the whole, you know, Hey, when Frazier, blah, 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 I actually like was watching like a, a 15 minute clip on YouTube about just some of the best you know, Sam Malone moments from cheers. It's great. It was very nostalgic. What a great show. What a great fucking show. Um, anyways, I, uh, played some games and did my skip route for the skip thing. I had set it up where four days is all it would take for me to go out and do those things. So if you don't remember, uh, I basically got a little marketing gig where I would be going across the bridge over to the Gatineau side in Quebec. Um, and I would be just peeling old, old skip the dishes promos off and putting a new skip as they've rebranded from, uh, from skip the dishes to skip and from red, uh, logoing to, uh, orange logoing. So I had a list of 40 some odd stores. I broke them down into to a four day run. And then last week, uh, the weather was absolute shit on uh, Thursday and Friday. So I'm like, I'm going to just push this back. Um, I'm just going to push it back to Saturday, Sunday instead of Thursday, Friday. Um, and then the word comes down late Friday afternoon that, uh, no more crossing the borders or shutting down the borders or whatever, no more crossing the borders as of midnight that day. And I'm like, well, shit, I have work to do, uh, on the other side. But then I heard that, uh, they were only going to be enforcing, like, like putting checkpoints up and enforcing that stuff, um, on Monday. So I basically, I had already done two days. I did, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to try to bang it all out. And I actually, got finished relatively early on the Saturday, like the, the one day. And I'm like, rather than doing Saturday, Sunday, not to mention the fact that, um, Sunday has uh, a lot of stores and things like that, that just sometimes aren't open. So I'm like, you know what, let me just try to bang this all out today. And I'm just driving from store to store all over the city uh, on that side. So it's kind of like a, a, a jaunt for a lot of them. But, uh, I remember I got to one mall. There's a, there's a mall on the other side called the promenade. And this was a little messed up because I'm like, okay, well, are malls open? Like with all of these only essential services open, are malls even open right now? So I went to it. I went in the, you know, go to, go to go in one of the entrances. The parking lot's like practically empty, except for the, the Costco side. This is a mall that actually happens to have a Costco attached to it. So I see the one side's got all the cars and I'm like, well, that's the Costco side. I'm sure Costco's open. Uh, but everything else is dead. And I'm like, you know, I know the food court from this mall is the opposite side. So I try to get in there. No, none of the doors are open. In fact, I see a sign that says only doors one, two, three, and seven are open. So I'm like, no oh, shit. So I just, I left my car where it was. It was safe all by itself. I walk all the way over to the Costco entrance, uh, and ask a security guard, Hey, is it open? Yeah. Yeah. You can get through there. I go to walk across the mall and there's all these signs up saying this area is closed or whatever. So I, I go back, try to find another way around. This is one of those malls that it, it's not obvious. It's like a bunch of different breaks. Like I'm walking through an Ikea, the different hallways and how they loop around, they angle all off needlessly and whatnot. So I, I finally go back and I, I speak to another security guard. I go, it's blocked off. He's like, Oh, you can just go through. And I happen to see other people walking through. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go, okay, well, it's a good thing. These things are there. So I just completely ignore based on the security guards thing that, that he says, this area is closed, just completely ignore it and walk through anyways. And go through, uh, right to the very back corner section, which is where the, you know, um, food court stuff is. And like, this is a big mall. So we're talking like one end of it is open. The other end is where I need to go. And, uh, it wasn't until I got there that, that in half, I would say half, half is very generous. Uh, three quarters, 80% of the food court is closed. 
just uh, one of the locations that I need to go to is open. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, anyways, long story short is I spent about 45 minutes in that mall walking from one end, getting to the other, seeing that like it was closed, going back to get, you know, ask how am I supposed to get there? And then he says, oh, just ignore it. Walk all the way back to the other section through. Then I had to walk all. It's funny because my car's parked just outside that area. So it was like, I walked across this mall back and forth about three times. Uh, it took me almost an hour in there to be able to put up one sticker at one place. And the other location was closed. Uh, and I'm like, I don't get paid if, if I, or I get paid, sorry, $5 if the location's closed or whatever. So I'm like, fuck this. I put up a little sticker on their front thing, snapped a picture, peeled the sticker off, hit the bricks. So that one, uh, I think I made, yeah, I made 20 bucks for the whole mall visit and it definitely took me the, and almost the entire hour. Anyways, that was the most annoying part of the day, but I lost what should have been a quick in and out. Uh, I lost uh, an hour to it and I started banging out the rest of the stores, got really, really good. I got that all the way down 24 stores. I did that day, got all the way to the last one. And it was about 7 PM, right? Most of these are McDonald's and subway. So they're open late. No problem. And if any of them are like, Hey, how come you're coming in at seven o'clock? It's like, well, pff, I'm from Ottawa. I'm, you know, I'm from Ontario. I'm from Ottawa. They just, they're closing the bridges down. I have to get this done today. You know, we just found out yesterday. I'm, I got to do it all today. So, uh, get it all done. And then the very last one I get to is a little mall. I guess the galleries, the hall or something, whatever it's called. And it's seven o'clock on a Saturday. The mall's closed. So I got everything done, but one, I reached out to my team and said, Hey, do you want me to go back for the one thing? Uh, no response. So shrug shoulders is what it is. There's, uh, apparently checkpoints up and things like that. So there are no go. Um, yeah. So that was my skip week. So that was, that was a bunch of stuff I did. That was a long day. Saturday had a, you know, it was actually nice being outside. It was sunny. Like I said, Thursday and Friday were rainy. It was nice being out in the car. I spent a good amount of time moving around, getting my, uh, my steps in there. Um, it was nice. I just frustrating that it's like one, one thing I couldn't get done. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Isn't that exciting guys? big old story. How far are we into this? I've bitched about 15 minutes. Hey, there we go. Well, thanks for listening guys. Uh, whether you're listening on, uh, the streaming services or if you're watching it on YouTube, I appreciate you being here. Um, so what did I do? I watched, uh, I watched some documentaries and I watched a movie because I figured, you know what? There's really not a whole hell of a lot going on. I'm up all night. All right. I am only up after dark. Let me tell you, I, uh, I get up late in the afternoon and then I, and then I'm up for the evenings, uh, overnight, either watching stuff, playing games or reading. And I've actually got some cool stuff again, coming down the pipeline. I don't want to jinx it because I've reached out and it, while it looks promising, I always feel like to say something's going to happen before, you know, counting your chickens before they're hatched is a, uh, is a jinx or it's bad luck. But, um, I've actually got, uh, a couple books, uh, on the way for a review, which I'm excited from uh, my partner, Chris at the idea shop. And, um, I might have some interviews, might have some very uh, interesting interviews coming up. So I'll wait till I get the green light, but, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, that stuff I've been working on. So sometimes I'm, I'm doing stuff that, you know, doesn't pay off until later, but you know, I'll tell you about it. I am doing some stuff, but, uh, I figured like yesterday till I'm actually recording this day of on the actual Wednesday itself. Um, because I, you know, got to yesterday and I'm like, I really have nothing to talk about and I want to give you an hour of content guys, but I'm not sure I, I have it. Not sure I have it. So what did I do? 
I watched uh, I watched a movie the other night, so I would have had this to talk about. I watched Cherry with Tom Holland, directed by the Russo brothers. Um, if you're not familiar with the little Tom Holland is is the current Spider Man. Uh, you know he's also been in a bunch of uh, animated movies, Spies in Disguise, and uh, and Onward. Um, he was in the devil all the time, which I recently talked about and watched. And he is, uh, which was a, a Netflix original and he's in cherry, which is an Apple TV plus original. So, um, I strongly recommend you checking out cherry, um, like the fruit cherry Tom Holland plays, uh, a young kid who goes off to the military at a young age and, and has like, oh, sorry, I apologize. Russo brothers, the guys who directed Captain America, Civil War, uh, Infinity War and, uh, Endgame. So just, if you're like, yeah, these guys, anybody, they've worked on some pretty big things. So, um, they worked with, uh, with Tom Holland for Cherry. Cherry is a young guy who, you know, has a girl he falls in love with. Uh, they have like a bit of a breakup and he signs up for the army and ends up going off, spends a couple of years there. It fucks him up. It's a really pretty good portrayal of what the military life is like. I would imagine. Um, it's not, it's not glorified, uh, by any means. In fact, it does a pretty good job of showing you kind of like some of the stuff that you don't always see in military films. It's like, yeah, you see them with PTSD and stuff like that. So he, he comes back and he's all fucked up, tries to continue on his relationship stuff goes on from there. Um, it's a good watch. The critics didn't love it. Uh, the critics didn't love it. Audiences did. Um, I gotta say that I enjoyed it as a, as something to watch. Um, it's, it's interesting to see the PTSD stuff. It was interesting to see some of the scenes at war with just like what it's like, you know, I haven't seen her in this long. There's, there's a scene just, just the killing time in the military, like where him and his partner are just like laying on their shitty little beds and just talking, just killing time. Like, you know, we, we, what do we do this and that? And, you know, there was this one line that he says, is like, he's like, he's been over here for a year and you know, she's, she's six months pregnant and she says it's his, are you fucking kidding me? Like, just like that kind of shit that must happen too. you know what I mean? Where it's just like, you know, your girl's off fucking somebody else while you're, you're away. Ah, I'd never, I'd never want to join the military, but, uh, cherry Apple TV plus. If you don't have Apple TV plus, you can get the app on your device. You can watch it on your computer. So you don't have to have an Apple TV in order to watch Apple TV plus. Um, you can just, uh, go on the site and there's a free seven day trial. So, um, I will already say, watch, uh, Palmer, watch cherry, watch, uh, the, uh, the servant, on Apple TV plus there's, there's a really cool documentary called dads, which I haven't watched. I watched the trailer for, but it's, it looks really, really good. Um, so yeah. How about that? How about that? Um, definitely check out uh, cherry. I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, one of the things I wanted to mention about the skip promo that I was doing, this bothered me. Sorry. As I cross off the stuff that I've talked about in my talking points, um, I, uh, I, I, I was in Quebec, which means we were speaking French. Okay. And I speak French, and, uh, I would show up with my badge, my mask and like a, like a, a bag full of, of collateral, right? Like prints and stickers and, and window decals. And even I would always have my hand. The first thing I would do is I'm going to say hello to somebody. So this kind of sucked because it was a Saturday. And as the day went on, I would start to hit that dinner rush around five o'clock. I'm hitting dinner rushes and I'm, I'm doing like subways 
and McDonald's. So I didn't show up and just decide I was more important than everyone else, skip the line and go, excuse me, I need to speak to a manager or anything like that. I waited patiently in line until it was my time to, you know, either talk to the cashier or whatever it is. And I'd always like, I'd hand them the sign that says like, skip pickup because you know, if they need a spot for their drivers, a lot of these places, you'll notice McDonald's and Subway and things like that. They have a spot for the drivers to come in to pick up their orders, which is not in the same line as the customers. And so I I would come in and I would say to them like, oh, hey, I'm here from Skip the Dishes. I'm, I brought you a sign, you know, j'ai apporté un signe pour vous. Uh, you know, I brought you a sign and I'm not one of the drivers. I'm, I'm here to put a decal up in your window, a new sign in your window. And they'd be like, I need an order number. I'm like, I don't, I don't have an order number. I'm not a driver. I just, I need an order number. I can't help you. And I'm like, are you listening to me? I don't like, I wouldn't get angry at them, but it's like, are you listening to me? You fucking monkey. I'm not a driver. I work for the, that's what I'd say. I work for the company. I'm not a driver. I'm here to install your, your signs. The amount of people who are like, aren't just weren't listening. I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I've got a badge here that says I'm part of the company, like staff. I'm not a driver. Do I have a giant pet bag? I've got, a, I'm holding, I'm holding a fucking pile of, of signs right here. I'm not, I'm not carrying a heat bag. You know what I mean? Anyways, whatever. I, I was blown away at how many people are still very stupid. It's like, you know, there's a reason that fast food employees get made fun of. It's a decent, it's an honest job, but it's just like, like listening and communicating are important job skills. And it's funny, like when you're t- trying to help somebody with an interview and be like, yeah, you make sure that I know, like I'm good at listening. I'm good at teamwork. I'm good at value. And they're like, why? It's like, you should be amazed how many people like can't figure out how to just fucking listen, cooperate, communicate. So like, I, it was, it was amazing to me that these people, you know, I'm not, I'm just here to put a sign up. Can I please speak to your manager? And they're like, if you don't have an order number, I can't help you. And I just like, oh, it was like, I've never, I think I, I didn't know the muscles in my, in my eye sockets were so strong that I could hold back the eye roll of the century when they would say that shit. It's not on professional. I'm not gonna be a dick, but it's just like, oh, fucking stupid. Like, oh, just my eyes are going to bust out of my head. Just hold them back. Hold, hold fucking idiots. Anyways. Okay. So now we get to documentary town. All right. Yesterday I decided I haven't seen enough. I haven't, uh, I haven't got enough to talk about. So this, uh, this podcast will be, here's the job I did. Uh, used to like Frazier cheers and going through the office and, uh, and now some documentaries. So some of them just came out. And uh, what do I got? I got five for you here, guys. I got five. Cinco. Um, I watched a documentary called Sea Spiracy. Sea as in the ocean. S-E-A Spiracy. Sea Spiracy. And that one was about, uh, you know, a lot of stuff we don't know about the ocean and things going on and what's hurting the ocean and what's the real cause of its demise and such. And, okay, I'm going to start by saying watch it. It's on Netflix. It's really, really good. Okay. Um, if you're somebody like, this is one where I got to say, please, please, please. I already think if you listen to this podcast that you're not an idiot. Okay. I really do. For some reason you find the things that I have to say interesting, or I just help you feel better about your life and your position. (laughs) Thank God I'm not doing what Josh is doing, whatever it may be. I appreciate you listening. I don't think you're an idiot. This is a documentary where if you're the kind of person who thinks that the straws are what are killing the ocean, um, 
you got to watch this, man. You got to watch this. This guy uh, risks his life at times to try to get us more information about what's going on. I can't even begin. I can't even begin to tell you how fascinating I found this documentary. Um, it's basically, so, so in short, um, without spoiling, like you'll still learn a lot from the documentary. Cause I, I mean, I kept writing down talking points and I'm like, I'm just going to give away the entire thing if I keep saying everything. So it's about what's harming the ocean. And it starts off with like the plastic, plastic straws and plastic from people or whatever. And the guys, like I was, a, I have always loved the sea since I was little. And then by the time I finally, you know, the, the sea that I grew up with and the sea that is now are very different. This plastic, I became somebody who would go down to the beaches and clean up plastic all day and get rid of it. And I joined all these anti-plastic, you know, things and conserve the ocean with, you know, plastic reliefs, this and that, and it donates and all this shit. And it basically turns out that the biggest harm to the ocean is the fishing industry. Um, and by and large, the fishing industry. And this was the part now you might think, well, of course you're killing dolphins, you're killing whales. I learned a lot about, um, I'm, I'm not a fish eater. Like I'll I, like occasionally I'll have fish and chips and I mean, occasionally, very occasionally will I have fish and chips, but I'm not a big fish eater to begin with. I don't really care for sushi. Like, so <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a part of the problem. Uh, just inadvertently. I just, just conveniently, I just don't like it to begin with. So I have no problem being like, Oh, I'm never going to eat fish. Well, in the documentary, you realize you, you figure out very quickly. It's like the fishing industry is the biggest raper and pillager of the ocean. And now a lot of people think, well, yeah, we're, we're, we overfished and with this, holy fuck, it goes so much deeper all of the companies. So for example, you think like, Oh, well, I, wanna, I don't want to see dolphins get harmed. So I want to eat like dolphin safe tuna in this. They go into the company that, that basically gives out the dolphin safe tuna licensing. So like basically the seal that you could put on your, your fish to say, Hey, this is dolphin safe. Um, they don't have any way of regulating that. Uh, they say that, um, you know, well, we just have to hope that the people, the captain is being honest, but what happens at sea happens at sea. We have no idea. We learn about the phrase bycatch. And I don't know if you guys know what this is. I did not. Bycatch is all of the things that are caught in the nets that were not what they were trying to fish. If you're just trying to fish for regular fish and you catch sharks and dolphins and things like that, those are all considered bycatch and they try to throw them back in the ocean, but most of them die long before they ever get thrown back into the ocean. Um, they showed this thing about how this, this, uh, fishing boat was trying to like this, this guy who's like one of the, the, the regulation guys who's like, they go into boats and observe, but depending on the boat, like there's, there's boats that are filled with people who are fishing illegally, where if they have like a guy from the government who's monitoring or whatever, they'll just shoot him and throw him overboard in the ocean. Like they don't, they don't give a fuck. Um, but he was watching and he said he watched them catch, tw uh, something like 13 or 18 dolphins, uh, that they were all caught and killed, uh, because they were, because in, in order for them to catch, I think it was eight tuna, eight of these like bluefin tuna or whatever. So it was like, like way more animals get killed by that. Like you, you should have seen it like, oh fuck this, this documentary is unbelievable. So the, the dolphin safe people will just say that. In fact, the guy even looks at the, the money, like, right. That's always the term is follow the money, follow the money. Where's the money going? Follow the money. And he basically found out that 80% of the money that a particular foundation gets is just from selling the licensing for the blue, you know, dolphin safe tuna 
uh, logos on the cans and stuff. So like they're really not doing anything every time. So in throughout the course of the documentary, every time they find a foundation that's like help protect the oceans. Right. And they're like, why, how come none of your websites, like everything's plastic straws or whatever thing, which is less than 3% of the pollution, by the way. And I think it's 0.3% of the pollution of the plastic in the ocean is like straws, but they're like, oh, the straws are a big deal. And so he goes to these, these foundations, like, how come none of you guys are saying anything about the fishing industry? Why are none of you saying to eat less fish to save the oceans? Like you're supposed to be saving the oceans and none of you have anything about the overfishing. And they even find that 40% of the plastic in the ocean, 40, 40. So almost the majority of the plastic, the largest single thing is plastic fishing nets that are just discarded at sea, which are way more harmful than straws and things like that is that yeah, those are actually death, death machines used to trap and, and catch animals. And they're just, left at sea they're they're part of this this big garbage mass that's collected so um great documentary sea spiracy very very good um it also it also taught me that the ocean gets rid of five times more carbon uh than the rainforest so there's 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 it's it's incredibly fascinating guys i learned so much there's um it talks about the uh you know like there's like this this I guess, bio, bio products, bio products, uh, bio waste products that come out of like whales and dolphins and things like that, that, uh, feed, feed things at the top of the water that pull in carbon. And then the carbon's trapped and pulled downwards. Like it's, uh, like literally the, the ocean is, is five times more efficient for cleaning the air than the rainforest is. And, um, they also talked about how like there's, there's all sorts of things that swim at the top of the water that force uh, warmer, warmer water, like just from their movement, basically it forces warmer water downwards and with everything being fished up and everything like that, it's, it's stopping that particular like ecosystem um, by fishing everything. It's not just the coral reefs are dying. Coral reefs are not, they don't have the fish around them that feed the reefs. So that's a, like, you got to watch this. If you, if you give a fuck at all, all, all I, all I, I plead to you is uh, don't put your head in the sand. Don't be like, Oh, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to know. Like if you eat fish, you gotta, you gotta see this and you gotta see like how shitty, you know, people think, well, I just buy my fish from factory farms and they show you how the factory farms work too. And it's fucking disgusting. You, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. Like if you eat salmon, they feed the salmon food with dye in it so that their meat will turn a certain color. And you can actually, they talk about how you can actually pick what shade, like you're at Home Depot buying paint, you could actually pick what shade of, of pink you want the meat to be. It's crazy. Crazy. See Spiracy on Netflix. Uh, check it out, please. If you watch it, send me your thoughts, contact at one man podcast.com. I'd love to know what you're, I thought it was very, very fascinating. Um, what did I write here? I said, doing nothing of importance. That's hilarious to me. Doing nothing of importance, playing games, watching TV, being good by staying home, waking up at 2 p.m., going to bed at 5 a.m. That's there you go. There's the notes right there. So I've already addressed that. Um, I watched a documentary after Seaspiracy. I wanted a feel good documentary. I don't think that's really what I had in mind, but when I saw it, I was like, I, you know what? I think I'd be interested in this. I watched a documentary on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster, which was uh, a, a 
documentary about what happened to blockbuster and the fact that there is still one single solitary blockbuster left on the planet. There was at one time four left and there was four left and they had uh, three of them in Alaska and one of them in bend bent or bend, uh, Oregon. I think it's, I think it's bend going around the bend. Um, and it's the last, it's the last blockbuster. Uh, they, they continue to get permission from the company that bought blockbuster in the end, uh, to use the name. They're not really doing anything with it. So it's like a, a franchisee store, uh, you know, independently owned, but they're, you know, just doing what they can. And it was a great documentary, but kind of what happened to blockbuster. Uh, there was even a part in it where, you know, cause captain Marvel came out right. And in their trailer, it was funny because she crashes through the ceiling of a video store you know, in the nineties and it's a blockbuster. It's like, ha ha, you know, it's in the past because blockbusters not around anymore. Well, there's, there is still one in bend and they had a bunch of celebrities in the, uh, in the documentary. Uh, Kevin Smith was there. Um, geez, I, I own, I own sky. I don't I wouldn't expect you to know who she is, but she's been in some stuff. She was in arrested development. Um, she, who else we had, uh, Jamie Kennedy was in it. Uh, Adam Brody was in it. Uh, a couple weird looking dudes from the league. I don't know the actors, actual names. Uh, Brian Posehn was in it as well. And it was, it was honestly, it was a really cool nostalgic sort of thing about what video stores were like. And, um, it, to me, it wasn't even so much about blockbuster as it was just like the experience of going to a, a local video store right? Because with streaming services and everything like that, now they've all but been destroyed, but there's, there's people who are talking about like what it was like to go on a date where you'd go out with your, your date and then you'd go through the aisles together at Blockbuster and, you know, or your local video store and get an idea of like what the two of you were into. And sometimes you'd take like, you know, more time than it took to watch the movie, just going up and down the aisles and, you know, the sounds, it was, it was cool. It's a, it's a little nostalgic. If you're like me and you're, you remember video stores, it's definitely a cool, uh, little nostalgic, like, Hey, remember what it was like to, to go to a video store and, and rent a movie and the whole experience and, you know, late fees and things like that. Ron Funches, another comedian who was in the documentary who I like very much, Ron Funches. Um, that's, it, it's just a cool one. The last blockbuster guys, that's what it's called. Uh, take a peek if you like. Um, I, 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 for me, it was definitely nostalgic and the idea of that there was just something to go into the video store and walking up and down the aisles. They talk about the smell. You could smell the popcorn when you'd go into a video store and, you know, the idea that, you know, somebody would know, you know, the people who worked there, they kind of knew you and they knew what your tastes were like, so they could make recommendations like Netflix would be like recommended for you. I'm like, why is it recommended for me? Because it's, it just came out today and you want everyone to watch it. Like you don't know me and my likes and dislikes. So, you know, you know, I like comedy. So you just recommend every comedy to me. That's not a recommendation. Whereas there was like people who'd be like, Oh, I, I know what kind of like horror you're into. You're like this kind, not that kind. I recommend this one, that one. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was kind of cool to just be able to you know, go to the video store, the, 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 they refer, they, they talk about how, like when Blockbuster went to the whole, Hey, no more late fees. And they were like, oh, what the, Oh my God. I don't know. It was great. It was great. It was fun. It wasn't, it wasn't the best documentary I've ever watched, but it was, uh, if, if you want a little nostalgia, if you're, if you're a movie person, you want to see something a little fun that reminds you of the, the times check out, uh, check out the last Blockbuster. I watched a documentary called, why did you kill me? Um, it was a newer one on Netflix. Uh, it was right at the top of my list. 
I guess, of my, of my suggestions and things like that. And so, um, there's one that I didn't watch cause I thought it was going to show like animal torture and stuff that I put on my list, which I did end up watching and I'll close off the podcast talking about that is, uh, I watched, uh, why did you kill me? Which is the story of like, I guess a girl who was shot down in a car in a neighborhood, uh, from a gang or something like that. Like I, this was one that I really had a hard time even staying interested in. And it, the, 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 there's an older woman. I didn't see any father in this the older woman. It was her daughter who got killed. She had two sons and another daughter. The younger daughter created a MySpace account with the dead girl's picture and then started to like pretend she was her sister and getting guys to like her. Cause it was like this gang that lived in the neighborhood and they were confident the gang was who killed her. So they, they, make a fake MySpace account and she tries to get these girls to, or sorry, these guys to like be interested in her and get information from them. And what do you drive? And what are you the, trying to just gather information to, to find them, to bring them to justice. And that part was like mildly interesting, but not much of that. Then it turns out this family is like the two sons are like also troublemakers and have, have, you know, histories of, of, of issues and stuff like the woman like right out of the gate falsely accuses one of the kids of being the guy who did it. So she fingers the wrong person. The kid has an alibi. He's not the one at all. Um, so she, she, it's like, this is like super early in the documentary too. And she's like, well, it turns out that, you know, I wish they told me because it turns out if you, if you point out the wrong person or you, you know, you give a false, not, not a false testimony or whatever it's like, but you, you falsely accuse the wrong person or, you know, you, this and that, well, they can't take any more of what you said at whatever. It's like, well, of course not. Why would they? You've already been wrong. They can't take evidence of what you say when you've already proven, you don't know what the person looks like. You falsely accused somebody of being the guy. That's the guy. That's him. I'm sure of it. And it's not, how are they supposed to take anything that you have to say about the events? Yeah. Like, absolutely. If you're going to make an accusation, you better be fucking sure of it. I didn't realize they wouldn't take anything else I said, but well, it was like watching like a mix of like Tiger King and making a, a murderer where you're just like, and, and not even making not in a good way. Tiger King was a train wreck. Anyone who's like, Oh my God, it was so, that's just a bunch of fucking whack jobs. And you're watching the fucking, the, you're watching it burn. That's all. But this was like watching a bunch of fucking idiots. Like the daughter that killed was the one who looked like she had the most, actually the, the daughter who's still alive looks like she has the most potential out of all of them. But we're talking about two sons who both rap sheets, tattoos on their eyelids, rap sheets. The mother was a drug addict, couldn't get clean before her daughter died, was, was murdered. Um, I didn't enjoy it. The whole movie was just kind of all over the place. Um, I don't like, it's fucked up. I obviously I feel for anyone who loses a family member, but it's like two gangs basically. And so like, yeah, that's what happens when you get into a gang. You fucking, I don't know. I, I really didn't enjoy it. But if, so if you're one of those people like, oh, I saw this, why did you kill me? And the trailer looks really good. Doesn't really go anywhere. No real resolutions or anything like that. In fact, yeah. Um, there's a thing that happens right at the end where you're like, oh, they found this guy and he's now going to be facing like, and that's not, and trust me, that's not the, the, that's not the person who murdered her, by the way. It's just like somebody who's like with manslaughter. There was one guy and that they don't even make sense of. There's one guy who shot the daughter and some other guys getting charged with, with, with assisted manslaughter. So like, it doesn't even make sense. The charge doesn't even make sense. And it's like, why are they looking for him? He was one of the first guys to come in and like, actually like answer questions and shit like that. It's fucking stupid. Whole thing is fucking stupid. Um, 
they did, I guess they did a decent job of making it look like a documentary you should watch. But if you're like me and you watched that, uh, that one about the, the water tower in Los Angeles there, the, the, the hotel, right. Where the shit like that, that made it look all supernatural and shit and ended up just being this thing about how oh, this whole area of town sucks. I don't even remember what it's called the Cecil hotel, whatever that one, uh, it's just as much of a waste of time as that. They said this one had the decency to be over in an hour and 15 minutes, whereas the Cecil one took four hours to tell you nothing. Okay. And then the, uh, the big one, this is one I had on my list for a long time. I'm familiar with the story. I live in Canada. So when this happened in Canada, I was aware of what was going on at the time. Um, I watched the documentary. Don't fuck with cats. And I didn't want to watch it because I know that I, I, I knew that there was, they were going to show footage of the stuff that was happening to animals. I don't like seeing animals tortured. Um, so basically some guy put out a video on the internet of him putting two cats into a vacuum bag and then sealing it up and basically suffocating them. Um, I guess this started, uh, some people's anger on the internet uh, to like try to find out who this fucking asshole was. I've seen, I've seen inadvertently people, you know, videos of people hurting animals. And I'm just like, Oh, I want to, I want to kill them every time. Obviously I don't like people who fucking torture small animals. And of course, torturing small animals is usually the sign of a serial, uh, sorry, of a psychopath. Uh, they start with hurting small animals. And then when that thrill wears off, they fucking graduate onto, you know, larger animals and human beings. Um, so this documentary is about the people who saw him hurting these animals and it's about, uh, it's about Luca Magnata. If you're not from Canada, you may not know who that is, but, uh, Luca Magnata was a guy who was torturing animals and on the web, very narcissistic. He wanted, he almost was trying to play this like cat and mouse game where it was like, I want you to try to find me. Uh, there's things where it shows like he was a fan of catch me if you can. And, and some other stuff I'm trying to be you know, ambiguous. A lot of people watched this when it first came out. So I'm, I'm late to the party on this one. I think it's almost like a year old. that This don't fuck with cats came out. I just, like I said, I, I don't want to see or support anything that hurts animals. Um, I've watched, I've, I've listened to a lot of, uh, true crime podcasts where things like this are kind of the opposite of what you want. Um, there's a, a big, uh, movement called don't name them which is when they, they catch a serial killer is to not put his name out in public and things like that. Because a lot of these guys, that's what they want. They want to be famous. They want you to know who they are. Uh, that was definitely the case with Luca McNata. Um, I watched, uh, yeah, I watched the documentary and it's fascinating. These people on the web, just from the videos are like researching the things that they found. They're trying to find out where he is. And they, they see like a vacuum cleaner in his video and they're trying to figure out, well, where did this vacuum cleaner, where does it come? Where do they sell it? You know, is this guy in Europe? Where is he? And, uh, it was very, very fascinating that the work that this little handful of internet people did, um, over the course of a long period of time too, um, where they would look at his pictures and they would try to get metadata from the pictures. What are the, what are the longitude and latitude, you know, times, timestamp of when this picture was taken, where, what are the coordinates, the GPS locations of it? Um, shit like that. Like just, just a shitload of work and, uh, even going up and down, like there's one where they found him in Montreal and it was like, it was a picture of them there. And they were like literally going to the street view of Google maps and scrolling up and down every street until they saw the thing that they were looking for. Right. Like they knew he was in Canada, but they're like, there was black street lights. Well, where are they? Those only exist on the Quebec side, you know, and they found in Montreal has the black lights. So they, okay, now we're in Montreal and they'd scroll through the streets up and down trying to see where is this fucking, you know, anyway, it was very, very fascinating how they did it. And, um, 
you know, eventually you know, the guy flees to, to Paris and they're trying to find him there. It's a fascinating documentary, but I apologize before he flees to Paris, he had graduated from killing animals to killing a human being. Um, he puts out a video where he's actually fucking murdered somebody. Um, again, this was like the 2010s or whatever. The 2012 is when he did this. So, you know, I, I saw it on the news. The guy actually dismembered the body and sent like a foot to the conservative party and a hand to the liberal party. Um, like just this guy wanted fucking attention, a fucking weirdo serial killer, psychopath. And, um, I don't want to give you, if you haven't watched it, whatever, if you have watched it, how delusional is his mother? Hey, eh? like when you, when you listen to her talking about it, like she is so fucking delusional, so out to lunch. And I'm like, yeah, you look like a serial killer's mother. You fucking her. All right. Um, that's, uh, that's what 43 minutes in. That's what I got for you guys this week on the one man podcast. Um, I, uh, I really, I don't know guys, what's going on with you? Send me an email, contact at one man podcast.com. I got an email from Mark, which I almost forgot. Uh, cause I ran out of room on my paper. So let me pull up my email from Mark and I will answer his question here, but I'd love to know what's going on with you guys. You know, I'd love to know how are things with you? What's, what's new and exciting. How are you making it through this time? Are you like me? Are you just fucking killing time? Like if you had to spend an hour talking about your week, do you have an hour worth of shit that you did that you could fill? You know, I, I contacted one man podcast.com. Sorry. I, I do apologize that, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to talk. About. Maybe it's great. Maybe you're like, you know what? I heard everything I need. Got some movie recommendations out of it. You're good. Mark sends me an email says best concert. Hey Josh, a couple of weeks, sorry, a couple of episodes ago, you talked about your love of concerts. I don't know if I talked about my love of concerts. Uh, you list a few that you've gone to. I was wondering what your favorite concert was and what made it special from onesie Mark. Uh, well, Mark, let me uh, just pull this mic right up to my face here. Settle into it. Tell the story. Um, I don't really love concerts to be honest with you. I don't know if I made I don't know if I even said that or whatnot. I, I certainly don't have a love for them. I'm, I'm glad I got to see some artists that I really like to, you know, that I really like live, um, because they've since killed themselves or, or, or overdosed. So I'm grateful for that. Or in the case of Gordon Downey, you know, just developed brain cancer and never, you know, that's, that's it. Um, I don't, uh, I don't like a lot of live music. Um, I find, like outdoor concerts. When I went, when I saw the Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters was great, but I had to like get there at like two in the afternoon and we were there till like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. I don't even remember how late it was. And I stood in like one place. So I couldn't, if I had gone to the bathroom, I never would have got back to the good spots that I had. So it's, you know, I'm standing in sandals on like dirt ground. Like it's not, I wasn't super comfortable, but it was, it was a fun experience, but is that something I'd want to sign up for? all the time. No, not really. I mean, now with COVID, everyone's like, yeah, give me any excuse to go outside. And I get that. But, uh, I think overall, I'm just not a big concert guy. I find that a lot of the times live concerts, the music doesn't sound anywhere near as good. Um, it's a lot of loud crashing. I find that the crashing and the noise, I can't hear the lyrics. Um, this is not me trying to complain. I'm just saying, I just don't really prefer live music. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a bar where I'm having a nice time, having a conversation with my friends. We're just shooting the shit. Then the live band starts. Can't hear anybody anymore. You know, the music's not shit or anything, but a lot of times still it's too loud. Can't hear the instruments themselves. Like I would go, I, I would be happy. And I know that we don't have any in Ottawa. 
I won't have any live anything anywhere for the most part, but, um, I would love to go to like a live piano bar, you know what I mean? Uh, or jazz bar. Like I like music and I really like live music when I can hear it. I would fucking even go to the symphony. You know what I mean? Like I love being able to hear the music, but when it's so loud that it's just distortion or whatever, like, uh, there's an old joke. Greg Proop says, where he's talking about fucking Jessica Simpson, how she screams, but there's a line that he uses where he's like, yes, of course you got to scream as loud as possible. Volume ensures quality. Um, and it doesn't, you know, just cause something's loud doesn't mean it's good. Um, and I find that to be the case with a lot of live performances. It's just so fucking loud. I can't hear your lyrics and I can't hear the instruments. Now, maybe it's just because like a lot of the shit I've seen is rock. But something like a nice jazz bar, like I would love to go see a Nora Jones or a, uh, you know, um, um, Diana crawl live where you can actually hear the, the singing. So maybe that's what it is. Um, my favorite concert experience. Um, I know that when crystal or sorry, my ex and I first started dating, uh, we went to see Soundgarden. Uh, well, we went to. Uh, the, that's this, she was starting her photography career and we were working for a buddy of mine who owned a magazine called faces, uh, here in Ottawa. And he was like, yeah, if you guys want to go for the magazine and try to take some pictures of what's going on there, like we'll take the pictures and we'll put them out in the, the magazine next month or whatever. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. So we went there, we had our faces, t-shirts and everything like that and whatnot. We got there and we were like, Hey, we need a press pass or whatever for the magazine to get, uh, you know, to get up and take pictures of the acts or whatever. And they didn't have, uh, like they didn't have us on the list. Cause I guess the magazine never really upset. They're like, yeah, if you guys want to do it, feel free. I guess they thought we were just going to stand in the crowd, but I'm always like, well, let's fucking do it. Like we're, we're press effectively. Like why, why is our, you know, our magazine any less valuable than anything else's right? Like we should be able to get press badges. So I guess the people that we spoke to at the front, like, like the people we spoke to that were like handing out the passes or whatever, uh, didn't have. Uh, they didn't have us on the list. So they're like, well, we can still assign you like a, a press pass. We just have to get whatever. So they got these like day of press passes that didn't look like all the other press passes. Um, so when we went down to get pictures of Soundgarden, so we went down like right as they were starting. So there's already like a change in, you know, people, roadies, and everything like that. Um, we went down to the gate where other press members were being turned away because they didn't have the passes and our passes looked different. So surprisingly the security let us in because I guess they hadn't seen these ones before. And they're like, yeah, we can go. I go, I go, we, we got these passes from the net. They told us we can come right down to the pit and they're like, okay. And they would just open up. A lot of them are like volunteers and shit, but, um, they open it up. They let us down in there. And so when Chris Cornell and them come on the stage, start playing, right. Uh, we were right there. Like we're talking like <laughs> three feet away. There's the edge of the stage. He's standing right there and we're standing right below it. We are closer to the stage than the security is at those like barricade fences. We were, we were closer to him than the security was. We we're right in the pit. We were only there for about maybe one or two minutes. Um, me and her, uh, getting the, getting the photos or whatever before someone actually came in and was like, yeah, you guys they can't have any press in here at all. Da, 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 whatever. Hey, no problem. We got away, but we got better pictures like the next day, I remember we were driving home and I, I ran into the convenience store to get like milk or something. And I bought the paper because on the cover of the Ottawa sun was a picture of Cornell, you know, and it was okay. It was not a bad picture, but 
ours were better. I was even saying to her, I'm like, we should have submitted yours to the local papers because you got closer than even they could. Like these were guys in the crowd, probably taking it with a telephoto lens, still a nice, you know, good close shot of them. But the angle that we had in the shots, and if you guys want to see them, let me know, right? Contact at one man podcast.com, send me something and maybe I'll post. I still have the pictures so I could post the ones of, of what I'm talking about. Um, but that was special. And the funny thing was after they kicked us out, our work was over. We already got into blues fest for free because of, of faces. We were there to take pictures. So we got it for free. And then uh, her and I just, uh, spent the night kind of, you know, dancing and listening to music. And it was just kind of, it was just a nice thing. Like we accomplished what we set it there to do. And then it was just a date with my girlfriend at the time, um, which was really nice. It was a really nice memory. Um, so yeah, that was one of my favorite concerts. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah. I'd love to see Diana crawl. I'd love to see Nora Jones. Um, I, I'd really be excited for any kind of performing art that isn't super loud and concert. Well, they're all concerts, but you know what I mean? Like I like an intimate, I would love a piano bar type performance more than I would like a loud over the top blues fest. Cause I just, I, I can't hear it. I'd rather, I'd rather sit at home in the comfort of my own home, be able to go to the bathroom when I want drink my own beer and listen to the music. Yes, it's produced or whatever, but I can hear it. I can hear everything on that. Um, you know, maybe some people are there for the energy and the experience and I get it, but it's just not for me. I don't like going to regular, I don't like going to clubs and that's all produced music anyways, not making it up on the spot. I just loud and overpriced and, and cramped and whatever. I just, I don't know. Not my thing. I like conversation, right? Talk to my wall for an hour every fucking week. That's, uh, that's me. So yeah. Thanks for the question, Mark. Uh, Mark, what's your favorite concert? What are any of your favorite concerts? Guys, let's communicate. Let's, let's build our little community, right? Have you guys watched any documentaries? Like I, I'm now on this documentary kick. Like I spent the whole day yesterday watching documentaries and I, I want to watch, uh, there's a few other ones. Like, and that was just me on Netflix. I want to go back to the Apple TV documentaries and take a look at them. I want to go to the Amazon ones. Um, I just enjoy learning shit. So there's one I've got set, uh, put on my list that I'll probably watch is called cowspiracy. So there's seaspiracy and cowspiracy. I would imagine that spiracy is going to be this new Netflix one where they just put whatever the fuck in front of it. But, um, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy watching learn shit. I, a lot of them, I really don't even care what the fuck I'm learning about. It's just as long as it's, as long as it's educational, informative, and mildly entertaining. Um, but yeah, so that's it. That's the podcast guys. I hope you had a, I hope you had a great week. I hope you have a phenomenal week. I hope to hear from you. That's my hope every single week. Fingers crossed. I hope to hear from you. I've got nothing coming down the pipeline this week. Um, so I'm just going to keep, keep watching shit, reading shit, playing shit, live my life, watching the seconds count off the clock or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and living my entire life, uh, in the middle of the night when it's dark, that's, that's when I operate while you're asleep. I'm guarding you uh, every, every, every two hours. I'll throw a quick glance out the window to make sure nothing's on fire out there. Uh, you know, like a security guard with his feet up at a desk, just every now and again, you'll throw a glance at the monitors and the rest of the time you can just nap. So that's me. I'm your, I'm your night watchman guys. I operate after dark. Uh, have a great week gang. And I will chat with you again soon.
Oh, 